Welcome to The Light of the World. Do you remember the first time you heard the gospel presented to you? You may have been a small child or you may have been an adult. There are various ways that people present the gospel to us. Jesus used a very simple approach. He just said, repent, for the kingdom of God is here. Jesus Christ came so we can have eternal life And he also came so that we can continue to grow and be transformed into his likeness. He also came so that we can have eternal life in the future, but also have an abundant life today. Listen closely to today's message that will help you to receive Christ if you don't know him and grow in Christ if you belong to him. Come and go with us as we look at the simple gospel and how to continue to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. John said in his first epistle to the church that we are not of the world and those who are worldly in their activity as a lifestyle and a habit really does not love the Father. So I'm going to talk a little bit because all of us were worldly at one time. So I want to talk a little bit about the transformation and being transformed. The only way a believer can achieve the abundant spirit-filled, overcoming, victorious life is by a transformation. Paul called it the transformation in our mind. We need to be transformed in our mind. There's a slogan that says a mind is a terrible thing to waste. The mind is the most powerful faculty that we have because it controls our action and our activities. It is in the mind that we make choices as to whether we will express our new nature that we got when we gave our life to Christ Jesus and when we were regenerated. When we were regenerated, we were made alive. We were, okay, let me not use such a big word. When we was boned again, that is called regeneration. Our spirit man comes alive to the things of Christ. When we were born again, that was something that had happened in us. We were no longer the same person. Paul said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. When we were saved, our spirit man comes alive, but our mind did not get saved. We had the same old mind when we got home from church. There has to be something that will move our mind from the state that it's in at the point of our salvation to a mind that is Christ-like. And that is what that transformation is. Because that mind, we make choices and we will express our new nature in holiness through a changed mind. And that new nature through that changed mind will allow our fleshly humanness to act in holiness. So we're going from unholiness in our lifestyle to holiness, and that means that there is a transformation. And as to the transformation of our minds, Paul gives us a command in Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 2. This is the command that he gives to us. He says, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. Do not conform any longer. When we were unsaved, we were conformist. 
we all conform to the patterns of this world because we had no choice. That's who we are. We were born into this world. We were talking about that pattern of thinking. The world shaped our thinking and we responded just like the world wants us to respond. That's why, safe, uh, that's why unsaved folk act like they act because they're unsaved. And they have the worldly mindset and the worldly attitude. And there's nothing wrong with them except that they're acting like their nature. Now that you are saved, do not conform to the patterns of this world. In other words, do not let the world continue to press you into its mold to form your thinking, to form your actions, to form your behavior. There's a mindset of the world. He said, instead of being conformed and pressed into the pattern of the world, we need to be transformed. And he said that transformation takes place by the renewing of our mind. And when our minds are renewed, he says, then you will be able to test and to prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So what is transformation? Transformation is a complete change. It's not a modification. It's not just a modifying you, so you're some of what you used to be. You are some of what you want to be. It is a complete change. That word there for that transformation is that word metamorphosis. Metamorphosis, and the most vivid example we have in nature is the caterpillar going to the butterfly. That same creature who was a caterpillar metamorphosed to a butterfly and has been uh, transformed. No longer a caterpillar attached to the things of the ground, but able to soar and to fly. And you never would have known it was a caterpillar if somebody hadn't told you. Let me put it this way. Some of us, now that we are saved, the old folks that used to know us, we used to hang around with, if it was somebody new that you meet, they never would know that that person was you. That used to be cutting up like you were cutting up. You don't even look like the kind of person that would do that kind of thing now. Well, unless you're still doing that. <laughs> Just look at yourselves. If you've really been transformed, you're no longer the same person. You don't even look the same. Some people come into the kingdom of God, the streets have just beat them down and they look worn out. But when they give their life to the Lord and they are transformed by God, over time they would even begin to look different. That's a complete change, a metamorphosis, a transformation. Transformation will change your outward expressions, will change your acts, will change your activities. From that which you had before you were saved to an expression which comes from your new creation and is representative of the new creation. That's what that transformation is. And that's what we hope we're seeing in the lives of believers, a transformation and a continuous process that renews us and renews us and renews us. Seasons come in our lives to help us be transformed and renewed. The trees and the Plants go through a renewal every spring, put on new growth, put on new leaves and buds and, and is being renewed. So that renewing is not a once and for all process. I've been renewed in my mind and that's it, I'm done. You got to keep getting renewed. 
Paul is suggesting that we ought to have a radical change in our inner character, which demonstrates itself in our outward behavior. There's a radical change that should be evident to others that knew us because we've been transformed. I remember the story when Saul, who was persecuting the saints on the way to Damascus, was saved. He had a bad reputation. If you was a Christian, he had a good reputation if you was a persecutor. See, if you was a persecutor, that's the man you wanted on your side. But for the Christians, they said, no, whenever he comes, we're, we're leaving. Now, when he got saved and went to among the Christians to try to say, listen, I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and that was the mighty burning fire, they wanted to run. They said, no, 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 no. We know him. So his change was not evident the day of his salvation. But over time, they began to see that drastic change in his life and see the power of God working in his life that he can affect their lives for the cause of Christ. How does such a transformation take place? What's that process of transformation? It takes place by the renewing of the mind. It is the mind that spiritual warfare takes place. It is the mind that the enemy attacks us. It's the mind that uh, we have to contend with, all the thoughts and the emotions and all the things that happens in our minds, all the enticement. They start and begin in our minds. He says we have to be transformed by the renewing of the mind. The renewing of the mind doesn't come by just thinking about it. The mind, of course, is that part of a person that thinks and reasons. Everything we're going to do, all of our activities, we think about it. We reason it before we do it. If our mind is transformed, our behavior is transformed. Who has the responsibility for renewing the mind? That responsibility is yours. Nobody else can come and renew your mind. They can talk to you all they want to and say, you need to change your mind on that thing. But if you don't renew it, it won't be renewed. You know, and the Lord doesn't renew your mind either. He saved your soul. But the responsibility for renewing the mind belongs to us, the individual believer. Here's what Paul said to the church in Philippi. Let this same mind, he says in the King James, but in Amplified, he says, let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. And let him be your example in humility. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. And if we're going to have to go from where we are to the mind of Christ, there's going to have to be a lot of change. The most challenging thing that we have uh, in the body of Christ is to get people to change their mindset about things. We're so affixed to what we think and what we feel is right and proper that it takes a long time. That's why you can't preach one message one time and think people have it. You know, in the old days, they used to tell the preachers that are coming up, don't preach the same message twice. I don't know where they got that from. We need to preach it more than twice. We need to slice it, dice it, whip it, puree it, and give it back. <laughs> you need to hear it over and over and over and over. It takes a while to get it, get it over to you. And when you have a church of any size, you're going to have to preach it. You need to preach the same message about five Sundays in a row so that most of the members can get it. Because some of them don't show up but once a month. But we need to hear it over and over and over and over so that it can begin to go into our minds, into our hearts, and into our spirit. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, here's Paul talking to the church at Ephesus. He said, strip yourselves of your former nature, 
pull off and discard your old unrenewed self, which characterized your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through lust and desires that springs from delusion. In verse 23, he says in the Amplified, and be constantly renewed, he calls it the spirit of your mind. Be constantly being renewed in the spirit of your mind. Having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude and put on the new nature, the renegade, the regenerate self, Created in God's image, God-like in true righteousness and holiness. How many of you, when you're, you're saved and you really want to do what God has for you in your life, you really have a heart desire to be obedient to God, and you read the Word of God, and there's something that just smacks you right in the face and challenges what you thought, what you feel, and how you want to do things. But you were so constrained by your desire to be obedient, you just had to deal with it. Say, oh, Lord, I got to do that too. How many of you, the Lord, have had to challenge you to go ask somebody to forgive you? That's hard. It was uh, not hard in your old mind because in your old mind, you wasn't going to do it. Not only were you not going to ask them to forgive them, you were going to try to give them a little, a little bit more. Here's what Paul said in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. And set your mind and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. The King James says, set your affections. On things above, not on things of the earth. So we have to reorient our minds and set our minds in a different direction. We have to decide to do that. And we have to take control of our minds instead of having our minds controlling us. Determine and decide what you're going to think about and what you're going to meditate on. I'm going to give you three steps to renewing your mind. Three steps. First of all, I want you to know that the renewal process is a gradual, step-by-step, day-by-day, week-by-week, month-by-month process. Day-by-day, week-by-week, and month-by-month. That's renewal process. So here's the first step. The first step is that you need to read, study, and meditate on the Word. You need to read the Word, study the Word, and meditate on the Word. When you're meditating on the word, that's getting the old out and putting the new in. You're getting a new way of thinking. You're getting a new paradigm. You're getting new principles to function and to put in your life. The Holy Spirit's agreeing with the Holy Scriptures. And, and as you're receiving that and meditating upon that and building that, that's, that's shaping the way that you think now. You're reforming your attitude, reforming the way that you think. And as you want to yield yourself to the word of God in your life, your mind will be renewed. Here's what the writer of Psalms, chapter 1, says. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight, it says in verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates, Day and night. In his law, he meditates day and night. Now, meditation is a deliberate process. You have to make a determination that you're going to stop, you're going to consider, you're going to replay, you're going to entertain the word of God deliberately. And you have to do that deliberately. You're not going to meditate on the word of God by accident. Now, in the old world, meditation comes a whole lot easier. 
Somebody mess with you, you meditate on it all day. That's in the old world. You don't have to try to make yourself think about it. You just think about it all day long. You just think about it, think about it, think about it. But on the word of God, you have an adversary trying to keep you from meditating on the word of God. So you have to deliberately say, I'm not going to meditate on this thing that's causing me depression and oppression. I'm going to think about the word of God. You may have to take the word of God out and just look at it. And say, yea, though I walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil because God is with me. Father, I just thank you because you are with me. I'm walking through a tough time. But Lord, I know you're with me. And you may have to get up every, every 15 minutes and just say, I'm going to think about that again. You just, have to, you just have to meditate. You can't meditate on the things of God and, and unpleasant things at the same time. You have to cast down imaginations. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down strongholds. Every thought that, exel- uh, that, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, we pull those down and cast those down, and we replace those thoughts with something else. We meditate on the things of God. And he said, blessed is the man. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on the law day and night. Day and night. Look at what happens to him when he meditates on it. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season, and whose leaves do not wither. And whatever he does, prosper. You're transforming what's going on in your mind by taking out the negative things and all of the negative influences in our lives and putting in the word of God. And I'm meditating on it. We meditate on it. We should memorize some scripture. And meditate on some scripture. We ought to memorize them. We ought to be putting them in, the, in our heart. We memorize them and then we meditate on them. Memorize them, putting them in our head. Meditate them, put them in your heart. And thy word have I hid in my heart. How are you going to hide it in your heart? You can't, it's not going to just get hid in your heart if you're not thinking about it, meditating on it, and doing it deliberately. You want to be transformed in your mind? Get the word of God. And begin to think about it. Meditate on it. Amen. Amen. Secondly, first we say we want to meditate on the word of God. Read the word of God. Study the word of God. We want to do more than read. We want to dig into it. We want to study. We want to look at the implications. How do we apply that to our lives as well? How should our lives be changed and challenged by the word of God that we read and study? And after we Apply the word, read the word, meditate on the word. The second step to the transformed mind is spending time in prayer. A daily time in prayer is vital if we're going to be changed inside out. Building a life and a lifestyle of prayer, not where we just have our grocery list that we give to the Lord of the things that we want from him. That's for the, that's for the new uh, novice prayers, the people just got started. That's how they pray. The immature believers, that's what they do. They bring their list to the Lord and just say, Lord, I need this, I need that, I need this, I need that, and I need this. See, when you have spent significant time in prayer, you start asking the Lord, well, Lord, what do you need? Your will be done. Your kingdom come. When you really, really spend time in prayer, then you will begin to seek and to find the mind of God. 
And if we're looking for the mind of God and we take on the mind of God and and start making ourselves to follow through and to do what's in God's mind through prayer, our mind will become renewed as a result of it. So prayer helps us to know the mind of God. It gets us out of our own selfishness, our own mindset, and gets us to find out what God wants to do instead of just what we want to do. Prayer in itself has transforming power. God is looking for those who will come and seek him in prayer. He said, you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Jesus said, man ought always to pray and not faint, not give up. It is vital that we pray. The disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray so that we can find out what God wants to do. Spending time in prayer. The Lord will show you yourself when you spend time in prayer and tell you what you need to change your mind on. You have your mind made up on something, the Lord will help if you listen. He can change that mind if you have a flexible mind. If we already have our agenda already affixed, and we're praying and asking God to come into agreement with us, that's one thing. But when we say, Lord, what is it you want to do so I can come in agreement with you, that's a different thing altogether. Those prayers are more likely to be answered. So what's the third thing for renewing our mind after spending time in prayer is being yielded to the Holy Spirit. You want to be filled with the Spirit? Then yield to the Spirit. How do we yield to the Holy Spirit? We have the Holy Spirit operating on the inside of us through our regeneration, through our being born again. We have been born of the Spirit of God. Every born-again believer has the Spirit of God residing on the inside of them. Now it's up to us whether we're going to yield to the Holy Spirit in our lives and allow him to fill us up and to direct our lives or whether we're going to try to direct our own lives. Paul said to the church in Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, For the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh, godless human nature. For these are antagonistic to each other, continually withstanding and in conflict with each other, so that you are not free but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. But if you are guided, if you are led by the Holy Spirit... You are not subjected to the law. If you are yielded by the Spirit to the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So if you want your mind to be renewed, you need to be yielded to the Holy Spirit to let him guide you and to lead you and to help you to respond properly. First of all, then, we get into the Word, we spend time in prayer, and we yield to the Holy Spirit. Here's the question. Can you measure your transformation from the time you've been saved to where you are now? Can you look back and say, yes, I made some progress in being transformed, and I'm still being transformed. I'm still being renewed. I believe there are many people who will come to the Lord if the gospel message was simple and understandable. If you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, allow the Holy Spirit to use you and the simple gospel message to reach others who don't know him. If you are a follower of Christ, know that he wants you to live a life that's exemplary and represent the holiness that he requires and desires in the life of every believer. These are the days that we can make a big difference as we reach others for
for Christ. This is Jerry G. Martin. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear it again, go to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can hear today's message and all of our previous messages that have aired on this station. Now, I give you my personal invitation to come and join us on Sunday morning. We're right here in the North Houston Humble area at 16161 Old Humble Road. Our Sunday morning services are at 10 a.m. Pastor Jackie Martin is in a brand new series called Unstuck, how to get out of the rut that is keeping you from doing all that God has required of you. Let me remind you as well of the Beacon Bookstore right here on our campus for church supplies, communion supplies, books, and Bibles. You can get those right here. Just call us at 281-441-2885. That's 281-441-2885. If you would like more information about the light of the world, go to our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. Now for the light of the world, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.